Spencer Wants to Know is brought to you by Gordon Ramsay. Whoa. Because today we're talking about cooking and bullying. <laughs> and Gordon Ramsay is both a cook and a bully. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, do you like Gordon Ramsay, Spencer? Uh, yeah, sometimes he's funny to me, I guess. And <laughs> to talk to us about cooking and bullying today and all sorts of things, our guest, Matt Malin, Woo-hoo. is an award-winning improviser and home chef, as well as the co-host of Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network. Our home. This (laughs) this hilarious podcast pairs great meals with your favorite comedians. And season two of the podcast launches today, actually. If you're listening to this episode today, March 7th, go find it wherever you get your pods and dig in. Whoa, epic. Say hello, Spencer. Hello. Hey, hey. How are you guys? Happy to have you here. And just to clarify about the bullying and eating, you're going to share later on your experiences being bullied yeah 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 right? i mean unless you want me to share sometimes when i've really bullied people love to hear it no i mean i mean i i, I mean i'm sure i have but yeah no i've, I've definitely I, i'm gonna mind my own emotional trauma not the ones that i've inflicted on other people i think that's like the tone of the podcast right if i'm not mistaken not mistaken at all yeah, yeah emotional just... trauma here we go here i come whoop whoop I've, I've cried three times today. <laughs> Unrelated to the podcast. Unrelated at all. But okay. This, this feels, I felt somehow this responsible feels a lot there. Better. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but cooking stuff, we're going to start with the cooking, right? Uh, well, should we talk about school first? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess overall, Matt, what was school like for you? School. Well, you know, it's a real mixed bag, you know? You know what I mean? There was, a, there was a, some highs and some lows. Um, academically, I, I, I took to school pretty well. I was one of those kids that just kind of like understood how to do tests. You know, some, some, mm-hmm. some, some kids are like that. And I kind of cracked the code on that pretty young. So I was always, you know, I was always getting pretty good grades and never had really any academic stresses. The only academic stresses probably really were when I would put pressure on myself or if I'd have sort of like, you know, I'd have competition with with friends of who could get the best grade in a class or something like that. But mostly I think that was a little bit of healthy competition and kind of, you know, pushed me to achieve in a way that didn't really feel overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I in retrospect, I know that, that there was some anxiety around, you know, not letting people down, my parents or teachers a little bit. So a little bit of pressure there, but nothing too, too severe. Uh, socially, socially, school was a lot trickier for me. It took me a really long time to become comfortable and confident. In fact, I had to like, I always, I always say that, you know, I had to like really like intellectualize my way to like social skills. <laughs> So I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I knew how to, you know, I could do science questions. I could do mad minutes. I, I could do, you know, I could write an essay. And so I really tried to apply some of that intellectual skills to the figuring out why don't I feel good about friendships? Why doesn't it seem like people like me? Why am I getting teased? How can I feel okay at the end of the day instead of, you know, feeling like crap. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I intellectualized my way into, um, you know, uh, feeling okay when, you know, socially I, it was tough. I didn't have too many friends when I was younger, not good friends. I'm not friends that would stick up for me. I definitely suffered from some bullying uh, all through elementary school or uh, what uh, Ontarians call public school, grades one to six, and then really up until grade eight, and then I started to kind of get a get a get a hold of who I was, and uh, you know, grades nine through twelve, um, 
things got a lot easier for me. I, I found some confidence and I found, I found humor. <laughs> that was the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me. Once I discovered how to be funny, suddenly people liked me. <laughs> and, uh, and that was a, that was a huge sort of defense mechanism from, from, from some loneliness and from eventually, you know, bullies and stuff like that too. Once I could, once I could crack a joke, it took all the wind out of the sails of those bullies. And then people were on my side and I was like, Oh, I like, do you this. remember the, do you remember that first joke and you discovered that you were funny? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't remember the first joke per se. I, I mean, I know that my, my family, you know, my, my dad and my stepmom were very sarcastic. Uh, so definitely there was some, some experiments with sarcasm, which, which, which actually, if you don't know how to use it, is just being mean, uh, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, so, so I was probably, you know, I probably crossed some lines there early. But I remember my early influences were um, uh, Matthew Perry and, um, uh, and Jim Carrey. Those two, like, you know, this we're talking like the late 90s, so they were like at their height. <laughs> and so these two comedians, I remember thinking, okay, if I can, I was just trying to imitate them. You know, could my homework get any more correct? You know what I mean? So I was, you know, <laughs> I was like trying to imitate them. And I had a, and I had a funny friend who's still, who I'm still friends with. Uh, his name was Ryan and is still Ryan. Um, and uh, he was in my grade eight class and he was really funny. Like he watched Seinfeld a lot and he was really quick witted. And so I kind of really like just copied exactly his sense of humor. And then as, as time went on, then I graduated to, you know, the professionals and a little bit of Mike Myers. Austin Powers was very popular at the time. Little little Mike, <laughs> pa- Mike Myers in there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I started to look to comedians to inspire me um, uh, as, uh, yeah, as I was developing my own sense of humor. Matt, I'm interested because early on you, early on you talked about how when you were trying to intellectually figure out how to make friends and stuff, and then it seems as well with the comedy, that was also like another way of figuring out how I fit in. So then when you look back at yourself then and going into high school, is there still like a through line of who you were? Did you change a lot? Well, I mean, I think the real big challenge for me is, you know, like many, like many kids at that age, you know, between the ages of like 10 to about 13, my self-esteem was just so low, you know, you know, and not, and I don't think in a way that I was in, in real trouble, you know, it wasn't, there was no, you know, uh, thought of self-harm or anything like that. And I, I came from a supportive family. You know, my parents were divorced, but still I knew they both loved me. And, you know, it, I, I, had, I had support. You know, I knew that I was loved um, on, a, on a family side. Um, but I was, yeah, I just, I came home every day. I remember, I remember in grade seven, worst year of my life, I started counting the days left in the year when there was like 150 days left. I was like, okay, wow. only 150 days left of school till summer break, right? Like that's that that was like X's on a calendar. Yeah, or? basically, like like a prison sentence, you know. And I was good at school, and you know, it's like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that I was struggling with grades. It was just that I didn't feel like I had real friends. And so what I did is I thought, okay, so I need to be confident. I could see that. I could see other kids, and whether or not that was you know fake or whatever, I was like, they are confident. I want that. So I'm like, so how are you confident? How does one become confident? So I decided to pretend and became arrogant. Like I was like, so like I was, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was self-deprecating and I was so nervous. And, and then one day I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pretend I'm that person I want to be. So yeah. So for about two years, I was a bit of an arrogant, I would say, you know, and I mean, my friends, some of them will say actually that lasted a lot longer than two years, but I know for, I know for about two years, I really had to say like, okay. I'm just going to really pretend that I have confidence. So if someone gives me a compliment, I'm going to double down and be like, oh, I know I'm amazing. 
right? That kind of thing, you know? <laughs> if someone says, you're an idiot, I'm like, and I'm like, well, I'm clearly not because did you see the 95% I just got on this test? You're the idiot. Like I would just, you know, I would always have something <laughs> to say and it wasn't very elegant. But yeah, after about two years, I actually started to believe the basically. And, uh, and then I started to feel confident. And uh, that was, a, it was amazing. It was amazing. I guess we should say that we don't swear <laughs> on the show. Okay. Well, now I know. Now I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think I did that too. I definitely was like figuring out how to act in a certain, like I think I discovered in high school, like a way to be cool. Cause I was pretty like behind everybody in terms of liking things that were cool. But I figured out, I just started pretending to be like a punk rocker, but it was all a big lie, but I think it kind of worked. I think that's common, you know? I mean, you try out different personalities as a kid, and I guess I just, I, I, the one that I landed on is someone that believes in themselves and can walk into a room and uh, doesn't feel, you know, super anxious. And uh, oh, I, I need that. <laughs> I'm like, I need to try this two year thing out. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because eventually I think I found my way back to a little bit, you know, coming back to what you said, Spencer, I found my way back to being more vulnerable and open, which mm. again is also like, you know, my career as an actor and a comedian, you need those things. Those are, you, you can't be an actor without vulnerability. It just doesn't work. And so, you know, the veneer that I put up, eventually I had to like chip away at it and become both more vulnerable on stage, but also in real life. So I feel like in some ways I've kind of come full circle. And now, ironically, I'm confident in my insecurity or like I'm confident and okay being vulnerable and not knowing what to do or being a little nervous in a situation. Did did you did you do improv in like college or university? What what did you end up? Did you go to post secondary school? Yeah, yeah, I did. I studied drama at the University of Calgary, and I did do improv. There was sort of an, there was an improv show that you could audition for every year, and I auditioned and and got in. You know, I I did plays and things like you, you would do in a in a university drama program, and I started realizing that my favorite moments in plays were when people forgot their lines. Everyone else would freak out, but I was like, this is the best. And I would like crack a joke, like in character, right? And then I would bring it back. The audience would be relieved. The actors would be relieved and I'd be a hero, you know, from both the audience and the actors. I'm like, this is so good. And then I found out that it is a whole art form. Is Improv can just be the thing. You don't have to, you don't have to memorize lines. You don't have to, you, you don't, you don't have to, you know, to create a character and, and, you know, and audition and things like that. You can, you can show up. And uh, so that's what I started doing. I joined a, a professional improv company called the Improv Guild when I was in university still. And then I was with them for about 10 years before I uh, moved to Toronto. And uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing that, uh, that, uh, that uh, the best part of like, of, of acting for me, actually, I could just explore full time. Did you know uh, Keith Johnstone in Calgary? Yeah, yeah, I worked with Keith a yeah. few times, and, and my improv mentor, he was like one of Keith's first students in Calgary. I mean, Keith is like, yeah. he's like, you know, he's, the, he's the, the father of Canadian improv, you know, and he's British, but like he basically created improv as a performance art form alongside of, you know, Viola Spolin and uh, Del Close. Um, and uh, there's also definitely some, <laughs> some people on the French-Canadian side, but in terms of North American improv, he's like the dude. Mm. Um, and I got to learn from him directly. It, it's amazing. His book, Impro, uh, I read when I was in university. And uh, a funny story about it is um, there's this exercise in it where you misname objects. It's a classic improv warm-up. You just point at the room. And instead of calling it a chair, you call it a giraffe, right? And you go on and, and, and so forth and so on. And so I was reading this book. And, and I, before I would go on stage, I was doing The Crucible, Arthur Miller's The Crucible. I had a tiny role. 
And I would go on stage and I would name all of these things. And then one of the things he says in the book is sometimes people will experience colors brighter, your senses will be awakened, it'll shake up your brain. Oh, and it did because I forgot my like only line in the entire scene. Like I was the guy on stage because I was like doing all these improv warm-ups <laughs> to stay engaged. I'm like, I am such an actor. And I went on stage and I'm like, I don't, I don't know my one line in the scene. It was an important line. I don't know. So I improvised something and my other actors kind of gave me a dirty look and then they went going. They didn't care for when people messed up as much as I did. So. Did you ever tell Keith Johnstone that he screwed you up? I did, yeah. And made you forget? A, yeah, yeah, I did. I did tell him when I, I worked with him years later. And uh, he, he seemed to think that was pretty pretty all right. He was okay with that. He's like, yep. He's like, well, obviously you were trying too hard or said something like that. Something, some, some wise, <laughs> you know, some wise Keith Johnstone thing with his delightfully sort of like quirky British accent and his, his really thick glasses. So he's got a very dry I, sense I read of his... humor. <laughs> I read his book too when I first started doing improv and it made me really paranoid because there was parts in it where he'd say, oh, this is a great exercise for dullards. Like if you have a student who's a dullard and I'd be like, do my teachers think I'm a dullard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, that book is very blunt and Keith is very blunt as well. Uh, he yeah. doesn't really sugarcoat things. Uh, he's always been a bit of a, a, a rebel uh, in some ways. Still even at uh, 80, oh, he just turned 89, I think, or 87. Anyways, he's still, oh, he's still, doing still doing it, still doing workshops, still a, a living improv legend. Uh, and so you mentioned that uh, you got into cooking when you were a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I've been cooking a long time. Although, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't want to get good at it because I was also really lazy. So I, mm. so I would purposefully, like when I was tasked to make dinner as like a teenager, I would purposefully mess it up a little bit. So that like my parents didn't like ask me to do it all the time, which is so lame. I can't believe I did that, but I was just so lazy. <laughs> but you'd have to eat this food that you messed up. Yeah, on like dish. I was hurting yeah. myself. And like, it's funny because if I would make myself a sandwich, I would take such care. Or if like I was home alone on the weekend, I would make myself something beautiful. But then if my whole family was doing it, I would be like, oh, oops, I kind of burnt the onions. Like it was just like, what? it was weird. And like, you kind of have to understand cooking, know how to screw it up, like a, a little bit, like the way I was doing it, like I could do it. But um, yeah, I, it was, I mean, my cooking and eating were something that I was always interested in, eating specifically. I, I still love to eat. It's one of my favorite things. And so I really loved good food and I was curious on how to make it. And I was really looking and listening and learning from my grandmothers sort of by, by osmosis, uh, not, not helping. Cause again, I was lazy, but I was like watching and like, you know, consuming this food, but it wasn't until uh, probably I was about 19 when I moved out on my own uh, or 20, I guess, that I really started cooking and, 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 and in, in earnest trying to make things as, 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 as amazing as possible because then I was eating it at that point. It wasn't other mm. people, you know. <laughs> Would you ever put something gross in to make it bad for everybody? Oh, man. I don't, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that I ever, I think that what I, I just withheld spices. I think I just would go bland, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think I did the opposite. Um, but yeah, I mean, nowadays there's like, I put wild and strange ingredients in, which, uh, you know, and then it's like this challenge. Can I make, can I make, you know, this bitter melon taste good? You know, can I make this okra taste delicious? <laughs> can I make this like strange can of jackfruit, which my chef friend gave me into some amazing uh, tacos and chili? Turns out, yes, right. yes, I can. Yeah, I, I have like 
when I was a kid, uh, I was like, I'd always be really anxious in the kitchen, even just to make craft dinner. And I don't want to fully blame my mom right now, but she hovered. <laughs> she hovered a lot. She would say things like, "Don't burn yourself. Don't drop. Uh, don't drop things." And I would literally break plates like I would just like grab a plate and drop it like I would be so nervous and even now it I I try not to cook and then when I do <laughs> if Eli's nearby it feels like the presence of my mom when I was that age and it's like get out of the way and I start dropping food again it's like I get these like it's like I don't have control of my hands as much um but then there have been times where I've cooked and I felt a bit of pleasure from it. Like, I'm like, wow, look at what I did. But again, those times cooking is from a cooking box. So it's like made easy for me. It's the adult craft dinner. Well, but another adult yeah, craft dinner. Those aside from, <laughs> you know, the environmental impact of all of the packaging of those like pre-made cooking things, they're amazing. They, they get people cooking and trying new recipes and getting confidence. It's a great way to do it. Absolutely, people should we've got, do that. We've, yeah, we got to shout the them out again. One because it's sorry, I've got plants, and it's like almost no packaging. Yeah, and they yeah. they use reusable bags, and then everything is like in brown paper bags, and you give back the plastic. That's like it, little that's, container. That's amazing. That's my only problem with them. I mean, I don't I don't like those because I'm I've turned out as it turned out, I got to you know I've really really threw myself into cooking, and now I'm a pretty high level home chef. In fact, would I actually, you would you go yeah. go on a reality show? Well, would I did actually. Show? Yeah, I you did. What? Yeah, was that what you were about to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, during the pandemic, it was there's this there's this um, when all of the restaurants were shut down. There was this um, competition called the Chef Artois competition. Stella Artois put a um, put together this thing called Rally for Restaurants, where they were just supporting local restaurants, and and part of it was this big competition where like. I think it was about 10 different restaurants in downtown Toronto. They would have two home chefs come and try to copy the dish that the executive chef of the restaurant made. And you would oh. get, you get to watch a four minute video twice and then you'd have to make twice. it. Yeah, that's it. You got to watch it twice and then you go. And so I was, uh, I was selected to be a, a contestant and they, they, I went to this sushi restaurant in downtown Toronto called key. It's amazing. Sushi. Yeah. And I watched this video and then they called out my name. There was four different people that it could have been, but they picked me and this other woman who ran a catering company. And I'm like, okay, well, this doesn't feel fair. Anyways, uh, we, uh, we, we did this and we had about an hour to put together two very specific, uh, we, uh, two different types of sushi or sashimi, which um, I uh, uh, was uh, uh, just a huge challenge because it's not in my wheelhouse. And then also some mm. gyoza, those dumplings uh, from, mm. from scratch as well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, <laughs> it was it was wild it was literally the best day of 2020 for me and wow. uh you know i mean it's it's happened in the past i want to say go watch it but spoiler alert i ended up winning i i won i won the competition so it was that's like a, that's a big spoiler yeah <laughs> yeah what was the prize what was the prize uh i it was a thousand dollar cooking prize pack including a japanese knife uh, a gift certificate to Key, a gift certificate to a, a variety of restaurants in, in Toronto and or actually all over Canada I, I, I had access to. It was this kind of rally for restaurant program. And um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was a really cool thing. And I've totally got the bug since then. Every time you can apply for something, I do it now. I haven't got another one yet, but I'm like, you just wait. I'll be on chop one day. You're waiting. For <laughs> wow, that's awesome. How did it? I, you know, when someone wins and someone loses like the stakes, it's still great what you won. But if it was like a hundred thousand, that would be like, 
more intense between a winner and a loser, but how yeah. did you feel, like, winning? Did you see the other person that lost? Yeah, she was really just sweet. Like, that was... We, we followed each other right away on Instagram. Like, oh, so you're, okay, Insta. Yeah, <laughs> we're, not, we're not mortal enemies. I mean, the whole thing okay. was, it was like, it was kind of a, they gave us, you know, we were both accomplished cooks, but it was a tough challenge, right? And within, yeah. like, like so I neither one of us. I know what to do. Well, yeah. Do you wet your hands? You wet your hands. Yeah, that's to part. touch the rice. Yeah, that's part of it. And, you know, I, I called. Um, <laughs> Wait, have you been studying cooking in preparation for this test we're going to take? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just I just have seen that. Yeah, okay. You know what I did? I called um Ayaka. Oh, uh, did you? Who's a musical director at the Second City and incredible artist and she's like oh, she makes pop music for people and she's like this like she's a comedian, she's everything. She's just amazing, Ayaka. And um, she's a, a friend of mine who's Japanese, and she's worked in also in Japanese restaurants. So I called her when I knew I found out an hour before which restaurant was going to be. So I called her and I said, mm-hmm. "Could we talk? Tell me everything you know about making sushi." And so she did. Yeah. And the best piece of that advice sounds she, like cheating. Cheating. <laughs> well, it it's using. They, they didn't. They, yeah. They didn't say don't talk to anyone after you find out the mm. restaurant. <laughs> I don't know. I think we need that Japanese knife. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only way to fix this situation. Give us your prize packer. We expose you. Well, I uh, uh, by dropping this episode. <laughs> spoiler alert! I also broke the Japanese knife butchering a chicken. So uh, it's you can have it back if you want. It's uh, it's got a big dent in it because I I was slicing chicken bones. Whoops! <laughs> your face. You can see his face. Do you have any guilty food pleasures? All Fast of them. foods oh. or something. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I don't really look at it as guilty pleasure because I think right. of like, I just think people should enjoy food. I want to enjoy every single meal. And I don't really have, you know, mm-hmm. on my podcast, we oh. actually had Courtney Gilmore on, who's this incredible stand up. And on her episode, it was, it was, it was about guilty pleasures. That was the whole theme of it. So we talked about uh-huh. this extensively on uh, Bites and Bits. And we, her and I both sort of commiserated that we don't really have, like, we don't have a lot of guilt around food. I mean, I was raised Catholic, so I have guilt about a lot, uh, but not not about... It is Lent right now. It is Lent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I should say I'm a recovering Catholic, so I, I don't want okay. any, I, I, there's There's no bone in my body that is currently Catholic, um, but, uh, you know, I, I was raised guilty about a lot of things, but not food. Not food. Food was always a thing I could enjoy and still can, luckily. But I'd say, like, in terms of traditional guilty pleasures, fried chicken, that's got to be the mm-hmm. one for me. Uh, I love about, fried chicken so much. Do you like Popeye's, KFC, Churches? Which one's the best? Uh, well, Popeye's definitely the one I go to the most. But even more than that, like I do try to find like the local joints. Like I'm like, all right, let's uh, let's go to the neighborhood spot that's doing fried chicken. Use, you know, I, I want to find I want to find out what you know, just what what one guy's fried chicken tastes like versus versus the next. You know, support local. Try to find try to find somebody that's um, making something I've never tasted before. You know what you're gonna get when you go to KFC. It's the same every time. You know what you're going to yeah. get at Popeye's. You know, I like Popeye's. I don't like KFC as much. Um, but I, I would rather seek out that new joint because there's always like the perfect fried chicken in my mind is always just around the corner. It's like the next fried chicken might be the best one I've ever had, right? So I'm always searching. It's my like two holy things. grail. One is that, you know, you said every meal like is important or you, you want it to taste good, mm-hmm. like matters. Well, for me, if I spend money on food that's coming over, I had a phase where if it wasn't hot enough, I would be so upset. I would feel so upset. And then like, this was more when we were like when I was at my mom's house, but it would be like the food wasn't hot enough and then the Wi-Fi wouldn't work and I would literally feel like 
the world was imploding. I was like, this is my time <laughs> to watch my movie or my show. The food is cold. Like, truly upset. And then the other thing I was going to say, on TikTok a while ago, they... <laughs> I just want to hear yours because it was really fun to see, like, the influencers I follow do this. It's my gas station order. So if you were to go into, like, a gas station or a convenience store, what would you pick out? Boom. Easy. Okay. I love this. I love this. All right. So my gas station order. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this gas station is attached to a 7-Eleven because where I'm from, okay. that's, that's, for, that's a thing. So there's a, there's a gas station at 7-Eleven together. And um, I'm going for straight for the taquitos for sure. I'm getting a, a buffalo, like a buffalo chicken taquito. And then probably probably something else, maybe, maybe like a like a pizza taquito. Wait, if well. you were wondering if Eli's noise was good or bad, I think it was bad. Taquitos, I can't. <laughs> but I can. Oh, I, I mean, I I must with taquitos. It's disgusting, but I for must. sure. <laughs> and when I when I first heard taquitos, I thought tacos. I thought tacos, and then I realized yeah. no, it's that warm stuff at Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's in that the disgusting heated like they're, they're rotating. They've got those like it looks like a I, bunch I of like, like rollers. Yeah, and uh, then like then I'm 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 going for a um, I'm going for the um, the sour lifesaver gummies. Those things are dope. That's what I'm going for. Um, oh, I haven't tried them. Yeah, uh, and then like once a year, once a year, I'll go for like then I'll I'll get a, I'll throw a Slurpee on that. Uh, I get mm. I get Slurpees probably twice a year. And every day of my, every time I've ever ordered a Slurpee, I've got brain freeze. I've never cracked the code how to not get brain freeze. So that's why I only get them twice a year because I'm like, this is the worst. You're talking to a recovered Slurpee slushy, uh, recovered? I was going to say alcoholic, but that's not right. You're a, slur- you're a slurpaholic? Addict. A slurpaholic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right beside us, they... They have a hush slush puppy machine. Yeah, and I was blue raspberry. And I was having them almost every other day. Like this is like what I loved as a kid. But then I and you were making me go in sometimes because you were embarrassed how often. And there were times I go twice a day. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's a problem. Yeah, that is. But I I haven't had it in a really long time. Okay, thank you for sharing your Seven Eleven slash gas station order. And uh, pleasure. So speaking of hard to work with ingredients, is there one ingredient above all that you think is is the most difficult to work with? Ooh, I mean, it's uh, that's there's there's certainly there's there's certainly some things that are really tough, uh, <clears throat> tough to work with. Wow, that's a that's a good question. I mean, the one that I haven't conquered, and I mentioned it before, is bitter melon. It's this uh, its this very bitter vegetable that's used a lot in sort of Caribbean and Asian cooking. Um, and uh, apparently can be made just incredibly well. But I, uh, it's, it's, it's the one dinner in the last couple of years that I just threw out and ordered pizza. <laughs> like, I, I tried. I got, I, is I, that I, bad? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really astringent. It's, it, they look kind of like um, uh, sort of like squashes a little bit they're 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 bumpy and like light green they're very strange looking mm-hmm. and you open them up and they've got a, the, like <laughs> like this this sort, of, this sort of hard flesh inside and it's yeah it's just incredibly bitter um it makes like your, your lips pucker honestly it's like it's like did it, you power it, through 
Did you power through half or you threw it away oh, no, after I, one I just, bite? Well, I just tried bites. I'm like, that's terrible. Then I'm like, okay, what can I add? Mm. All right, I'll add a bit of salt here, a little maple syrup. I'll, I'll really let it simmer for like half an hour. And then I tried again. I'm like, oh, that's still really bad. And I'm like, okay, maybe some tomato sauce, some this, some that. And honestly, it was just like at the end of it, I tried to bite. I'm like, I can't eat this. I cannot. So <laughs> since then, I've done some research and I am willing to give it a second go. But it was, it was like, it was, it was, yeah, it was, I was honestly <laughs> so sad I had shame because I like pride myself mm-hmm. on being able to, at this point literally to cook anything. And, and that, it, well, be, it beat me. It beat me. I find it really funny to hear when people don't like a meal that they've cooked. Because <laughs> my mom the other day was like talking about how she made a burrito and she just looked at me and she was like, it was so bad. And right now my uncle is living at the house and she was like, I felt bad for both of us. But she didn't throw it away. Your mom actually has a very high tolerance for eating gross things because she's, she's a vegan who only eats potatoes. So there's a lot of gross stuff going oh down. So for her to say it was bad, it must have been really, really bad. <laughs> it just was making me laugh. And she's like, yep, there's still one half left today to eat. I, but I like that you were just like, goodbye. No way, man. I felt this. Oh, life is too short well, not to eat deliciously that is like a motto of mine and so i every single I, I literally think about every single meal and i try except for the occasional like rushed breakfast which i let my i forgive myself for but honestly pretty much every meal i think about it i wake up and i'm thinking about food i'm like what am i going to eat how is it going to be delicious i have a running inventory of everything that's in my house at all times going in my head like i'm just like obsessed with like every day eating something that that's i mean delicious and now i'm trying to shift also healthy because i'm not getting any younger you know what i mean so if you were if you were about to be executed on the electric chair for committing a heinous murder what would your last meal be oh man i was gonna ask you guys this at the, on the quiz later but i guess well <laughs> oh that's so that's oh, so no. funny <laughs> listen i'll say it i'll say it and uh, maybe i'll think of another question but um I want to answer that. Yeah. Well, we could just do it early now. We might as well just do it now. But And that could be a perfect segue in. But, um, uh, my, okay, here's my death row meal. I thought about this. Uh, it's fried chicken with, um, uh, with French fries and hot sauce, as well as um, my, my, my grandma makes this beautiful cucumber salad. Well, she did she passed away but she makes this incredibly thin slice with like cucumbers and onions like cucumber salads a german cucumber salad uh so it's got the beautiful pickled acidity and i'm uh drinking that with um uh champagne like real champagne uh and yeah that's probably it maybe uh at the uh maybe at the end i'm uh eating some uh lemon gelato or peach kuka, which is uh, again German peach cake. My grandma was German, so I've got a lot of uh, uh, German um, German taste buds. Really, they, I inherited her taste buds, I think. Uh, so I love any German ketchup food. on the fries. Uh, yeah, I'm maybe like I might put two of them in ketchup. I'm not a huge ketchup guy. I don't need just ketchup two. on fries. Yeah. Two fries and ketchup? Maybe, yeah, two, just just a couple dips? of them. I'm not two, gonna not every single dips? fry, not every single fry. I don't need fries. You know what? If anything, maybe a little mayo. To be honest, that's the German in me coming out. The, the spicy mayo? Yeah, mix a little sriracha with some mayo, make a little red sauce, a real white and, red. And, yeah. and who do you think you murdered in this scenario? <laughs> well, um, who did I murder? Oh, man. I murdered uh, I, I murdered, I murdered another murderer. I dextered it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, I, good I, answer. I good answer. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> kill anyone. That was great. I think I'm wrongly accused. How about that? I'm wrongly accused. I was trying oh, to save. So this... I was saving my nephew's life, but I, I got I got framed. And uh, I don't know. It's a complicated story. Your nephew story. was the murderer. Oh, no, no, he's no he's, the <laughs> he's very. Is he sweet. a little boy? He's seven. He's seven. So I don't know. <laughs> a seven-year-old murderer. God, I hope. I mean, he's obsessed with Minecraft. He would murder a creeper. That's for sure. Mm. Is that in Minecraft? Yes, it is. Okay. Not a real life. No, not just a creepy person. A creeper is a creature in Minecraft. Okay. All right. So Matt has prepared a cooking quiz for me and Spencer to battle in. And the stakes are, we said before, mm. we were going to ask you what a really hard ingredient to cook with is. So the loser of this quiz <gasps> no. is going to have to prepare a meal for the other, including bitter no, melon. Oh, God. No, don't do that. That's awful. That's We have oh, to. We have that to. Is, I'm, oh, I am so sorry. I should I should have said I should have said something that like artichokes, which are like tough to prepare but like delicious. Oh my god, I feel really bad. So, bitter melon oh, it is. I don't, uh, so we'll be right back after this with this cooking battle, bitter melon cooking battle. No. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> we're back. Um, before we start this cooking battle, just to, to let people know, Eli does basically all the cooking. And I don't. Yeah, and if you were to see Spencer try to oh. chop a vegetable, she holds it in her palm and has a steak knife, and she's just... I don't hold it in my She's palm. begging to slice her palm open every time she tries to <laughs> chop something. I don't have proper cutting etiquette, but I know not to hold it in my palm. Take I know me. to hold it in my foot. <laughs> <laughs> take, uh, take five minutes and watch a YouTube, and it will save you chopping your fingers. The claw. The technique's the claw. Okay. That's all you need to know. The, the claw. claw. <laughs> From Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I watched I watched the video Matt said to watch. I didn't really get how it would help me with cooking. But it did make <laughs> me respect Tom Hanks even more, you know? All right. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so um, I've prepared a, a, a short cooking quiz. So some of the, the questions are hopefully easy. I mean, I think they're easy, but to me, I know a lot about cooking, so things are easy. But um, some of them are going to be a little trickier, some of them are a little easier. And uh, yeah, so how do we want to do this? Now, like some of them are, is it the first person that answers or do you both answer? What do you, how do you guys want to do it? Uh, uh, I think because I know Spencer's cooking knowledge is so terrible. I'm going to let her try and answer first each time. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. I love the preemptive nervous giggles, Spencer. You're like, well, you're like, I... <laughs> I know you've done a lot of quizzes. I feel like bitter melons. <laughs> you've done a lot of quizzes uh, on this show, but uh, do you, how do you think, like, in terms of cooking, do you think you feel less prepared or more prepared than your average quiz on Spencer wants to know? Oh, they're all the same. <laughs> so very little prepared. I love it. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, first of all, um, here is the very first question. First of all, the very first question. Nice, Matt. Okay. Um, what is the term for putting dry ingredients through a strainer, a strainer to prevent lumps? And I've got uh, multiple choice for you, okay? So what is the term oh, for yes. putting dry ingredients through a strainer to prevent lumps? Okay, is it A, shaking, <laughs> B, sifting, C, selecting, or D, delumping? Okay. I was going to originally say delumping, but now that I've heard it, it's B sifting. All right, Eli, you want to weigh in on this one? 
I knew it was sifting without the multiple Whoa, choice. Whoa, okay. Huge flex. <laughs> Huge I flex. I liked a lot of them. <laughs> Selecting, delumping. Those are all fun ways to, to cook. <laughs> okay. Get these lumps One point for Spencer. One point for Spencer. Ow. One for one. All right, great. Okay, so you guys are tied, I guess. All right. Uh, guess you're not feeling too good about your decision to let me go first. Well, we'll see. I hope it gets harder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, in baking... What is usually the first step of a recipe? In baking, what is usually the first step of the recipe? Is it A, put all the ingredients on the counter, B, preheat the oven, C, sift the flour, or D, measure out all the ingredients? Okay, my original answer was gonna be butter that pan, but as <laughs> that isn't an option, I am going to say you want to, just really hard, I don't know if it's oven or put the, ingredients out first Ooh, i'm gonna say ingredients out first all right eli what do you think uh the oven? i'm gonna have to go with preheat the oven just to have a different answer it is preheat the oven all right yes <laughs> uh or usually but i was like what what if it takes me too long to get the ingredients out and then the oven's so hot it stresses that's, me that's out. not a thing yeah, that's not, that's not a thing. But usually what I do, I, 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 when I'm baking, I try to multitask. So often I'm literally taking ingredients out of the cupboard while I'm turning on the oven. So if you're me, you're flaunting the rules a little bit. So I would, I, I had to split the difference between your answers personally. So I'll give Spencer half a point. Great. Okay. What? Yeah. Wait, do I get half a point? No, you yeah. get, well, you got one full point. Yeah, but, you know, this is also very okay. arbitrary. I might make you lose just for fun. All right, great. Okay. Um, yes. So. Uh, number three here, third question. What does it mean to julienne something? To julienne something. Is it A, vigorously shake, B, cut into thin strips, C, add butter to a vinaigrette, or D, salt for an extended period of time? It's cut into thin strips. All right. I feel good you about feel good this. With this one? I agree. Cut into thin strips? Yep. All right, you're both right. Look yep. at that. Okay. Whoa. Oh, no. All right. Spencer is honestly killing it so far. I mean, I guess you are too, Eli. But these multiple but, choice. But I think, yeah, I've got to, I just, now I've got to make it harder. I'll take away the multiple choice. I'll just make you guess it. Yeah, no, we have to. No, we have to. No, no. That <laughs> yeah. is my lifeline. That is my life take jacket. Uh, that is my cell phone with data. It's your oven. Okay, man. there's a few here now yeah. that have no multiple choice. So, uh, so get ready. Yeah. Buckle up, all right? Sharpen those knives, Spencer. All here right. we go. How many... You <laughs> stabbed me. This isn't Among Us, Eli. Okay, him. this is a cooking quiz. Okay. All right, great. Uh, how many milliliters are in one cup of liquid? Oh, no. This is going to be bad. Do you know, Spencer? How many milliliters are in, like, the cup you just drank from? No, like a cup. It's a, like a standard yeah, it's, cup. Yeah, that's a, it's a measurement that you use in baking. Right, that, that little, that, that, the green one we have in our cupboard. It can be any color. Yeah, it can be any color, but yeah. <laughs> How many milliliters? You got it. Um, 850. 850. All right, Eli, what do you say? 250. <laughs> Eli, with the win. Look at that. Okay. Yay. Oh, all right. No. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you're uh, you're definitely Eli is in a commanding lead. Okay, Spencer, you uh, you got to catch up here. Okay, um, all right. 
I'll save that one for later because I'm not. I'm going to take away the multiple choice to make it very hard. All right, great. Okay, so if you are cooking and you pair a carrot, what are you doing to it, Spencer? You pair a yep. carrot. If you're pairing carrots, <laughs> what do you do? Very easy. You're choosing the proper meat to shove it into. Oh, do I feel like a little rabbit? Do I feel like a little chicken? Perhaps a fish? I don't know. <laughs> you shove it in. I love the gusto. I love the gusto. That's so wrong. Anyways, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think it is, uh, Eli? How do you spell pear? P a r e. Oh, he's he's like he's like like um spelling bee. He's like, could I uh, could I get it in a, a sentence? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I think that means trimming the top. Of a off, carrot. Cutting the top off. The carrot. Yes. Like the little green. Yeah, the greens in the top. Ooh, that's incorrect. Actually, it just means to peel it. It's a fancy way of saying peel it. Oh. Yeah. Well. Bad job, Eli. Whoa, yeah, really. You, should, you, you specifically should feel shame because your answer was so much worse than sticking it into a piece of meat. Great. Okay. <laughs> but when you think about it, it's pairing the two together. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, listen. It's, but that's spelled different. Oh, it is spelled yeah, different. Yeah, that's why I Yeah, P-A-I-R is a pairing it with something else, like to, to put it with something else. Which is a thing. That's, that is a cooking term, too. But okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, when a chef puts out every ingredient needed to prepare a dish ahead of time, what is the term for this? Prep. Okay. All right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of right. But let me reframe the question then. Uh, in a restaurant, it would be called this. This is this is this is the um, professional term for putting out everything you need ahead of time so that you have it when you're ready to cook. So, I mean, prep is technically uh, correct, but the restaurant term that is commonly I got it. used. Preparation. Very good. Very very good. <laughs> yeah, no abbreviations allowed. All right, uh, Eli, what is your guess? Uh, mise en place. Yeah, it's French. It is mise en place. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because like like uh-huh. French people think they invented cooking, and that's definitely not true because people cook all over the world, and there's definitely a lot of different styles. But uh, in terms of Western cooking, French is kind of the foundation, and so no matter what restaurant you're in, basically, if you're in any uh, almost any North American restaurant that is sort of makes Canadian or North American or European style food, it's mise en place. And even at home, I call it mise. Chefs just call it mise for short. Okay. Uh, what uh-huh. I, I sort of I almost I almost gave this one away because I spoke about it earlier when we were chatting. What is the difference between sushi and sashimi? Well, you spoke about it, but you didn't. Tell I know. Me. I was like <laughs> catching myself. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I've actually always I've been confused by this for a while, and if I remember correctly, what I've heard a few weeks ago is, jeez, sushi. sushi sushi is (laughs) no no i gotta go with what i think i used to trust your gut sushimi sushimi is the raw fish sashimi sashimi is a raw fish on rice sushi is seaweed, rice, and other ingredients inside. All right, Eli, what do you think? Uh, sashimi is just the fish, and oh. sushi is the fish on, on the rice. rice. What is the thing with the 
Seaweed. You know, well, oh. honestly, you're both you're you're pretty well both right in this case. I'm gonna give you points both of them because yeah, sashimi is just the protein. It's just it's just the uh, the fish on its own, um, and uh, sashimi is just it's it's anything prepared with the vinegared rice in bite sized pieces. Sushi is uh, anything uh, with the vinegared rice in sort of bite sized pieces. So it can be on top, uh, or it can be in the rolls or anything like that. Uh, so so yeah so uh, sushi doesn't even have to have fish in it technically, um, but, sus- oh, no. but, sus- but sashimi is the uh, the actual fish itself. So I think you guys were both pretty close. I'm gonna give you both points. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> here's another one. We got a couple questions left here. All right, so Spencer, you basically need to go like uh, uh, three for three on the last questions here in order to beat uh, beat Eli. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Okay, Spencer and Eli, what temperature does water boil at? Oh, we've actually covered this in a past episode. Does Spencer remember? <laughs> in our temperature episode. <laughs> Do you remember, Spencer? It's a very important, it's a very important thing for cooking. <laughs> um, <laughs> one? One, one, one? Not even degree. I love it. Just one. <laughs> well, uh, I... It's so nice when like Spencer knows she's just so wrong. Like even if she says it, I assume that you remember the question you prepared for Spencer, Eli. Yes, one hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah, I don't know what that is in in Fahrenheit actually. So I, I would have. Ta- I think it's two forty two. It's I don't know. It's something dumb. Fahrenheit's dumb. I'm sure, it's not one. Get on it. For sure, it's not one. It's not one. I mean, one is in one hundred. One is in the number, but it's not one. Uh, and bonus question, Wait, Spencer. What? what? One hundred. I've got a bonus question for this one. Uh, and I'll give uh, five points for this one, so you'll have enough to take the lead if you can get it. Uh, it's going to be the freezing point, isn't it? No. But that would oh, be a good one, too. That's less that important for cooking. <laughs> than, well, okay. I mean, making ice is fine, but it's not really a huge technique. <laughs> um, so uh, what can be heated hotter, oil or water? What can be heated hotter? Yeah, what can be heated to a higher temperature, oil or water? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Water. All right, Eli. What do you think? I think it's oil. No. It's for sure oil. It can be heated much hotter than. Yeah. Oil. No. <laughs> Stop the Although ironically, if we're getting into science, there's more energy stored in that water because the specific heat capacity of water is higher. But I'm sure you knew this in your temperature. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you talked all about this in your temperature episode. We yeah. do, actually. We go in deep. Yeah, amazing. Sp- Spencer had a meltdown. I, yeah, I got really scared by the idea of... The human body's temperature. Oh. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's why we can survive on Earth. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I love science. I, I, yeah, I could talk. I could talk about science forever. All right, cooking science is like this. This preparing this quiz was just a joy for me. Okay, so I've got uh, one more question for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, this one's actually probably the hardest question because I'm removing the multiple choice, making a game time decision here. So Spencer, what is gluten? What? Is gluten? This might be tough for uh, Eli too. What? It's it, it's a little technical. Yeah. We'll see. Is it tough? Gluten is a thing that people have allergies to. <laughs> I mean, uh, gluten. Yeah, go ahead. Give it a try. Try try to break it down for me. If you had to, you know, get a little sciency on me. What what is gluten? An ingredient <laughs> that can be commonly found in bread, as well as some. Chips and certain pastas, because 
if you're to have a pea pasta, there isn't any gluten. I like how you, I like pasta? your phrasing. You're like, if I sound a little fancy, if you are to have, like a phrase you would never use in real life, you're like, maybe that'll make me sound fancy and I will, I will crack the code on it. I love it. All right. Uh, Eli, you want to take a stab? I think it's a protein found in wheat. That is literally the definition. Yeah, he nailed it. That's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, nice, buddy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a commonly, uh, a commonly found protein in uh, wheat products, which um, a small percentage of people are are uh, cannot process, uh, like someone has celiac disease, and almost everyone else that says they're gluten intolerant is basically lying. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's how gluten that's how gluten works. <laughs> gluten is fine. It's like 90 percent of people have zero problems uh, with gluten, but uh, it's pretty trendy lately to say that uh, you have uh, an intolerance for it. But yeah, anyways, that. Do you believe in? Hmm? I've I've heard that like some people get a test to see like the different foods that give them specifically like inflammation. Do you believe in that? Like well, like tomatoes could. Yeah, I think like you could be allergic to stuff. For sure. There's like, you know, okay. yeah, you can be allergic to allergies. Yeah, okay. I believe in allergies. I don't think. <laughs> okay. I'm allergic to tests. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if she says it, I guess it must be true. That's how the internet works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Opinion I equals need my fact. Allergy pill. I hope I'm not allergic to bitter melons, Spencer. Oh my, that, like, I, it's wild that, again, she's preparing that for you. It's like punishing you more than her. I, this is a wild. I mean, I love it, and I cannot wait for the update. She's got to eat it, too. You guys got it. She's got to eat it, too. You got to bring me back. We'll do like a quick little Zoom call, and you'll throw it up on your Instagram or whatever. Like, I want to be there when you eat it. I do want to see this. So, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll get. You'll have to try again, too. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that sounds like fun. We could do like a, a cross promo between uh, uh, Bites and Bits and uh, Spencer Wants to Know. And when we, we have some bitter melon, we'll just do like a little, a quick little 15 minute uh, special episode or something. I will be amazed if I do it so good. <laughs> Better than Matt. <laughs> I, just snatch those gift certificates and that broken knife. Listen, that broken knife is all yours. If you make bitter melon better than me, I haven't thrown it out because it was expensive. It's so stupid. I have like a broken knife in this beautiful leather case in my in my cupboard, and um, my partner is like, "What are you do? Why aren't you throwing this out?" I'm like, "I don't know. I won it. It's my trophy." <laughs> so, yeah, it's a memory. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go. So, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll give it okay. to you, Spencer, when you win. All right, great. Okay, and okay, uh, yeah, that's so my that quiz. Was... That's, that's my quiz, cooking. Great job. Yeah, great quiz. Thank I you. Won. That was fun. <laughs> so that was our appetizer. Oh. And now it's time for our main course of mining emotional trauma. We're going to talk about bullying. Okay. Who bullied you? What did they do? What did they say? <laughs> <laughs> No, there's a test later, but let's talk about bullying a bit. Oh, well, I thought the test was like air it out, and whoever does a better job of remembering specifics. No, that's not the test. Um, yeah, I have an actual test. Why, on you know, why, um, why do therapy when you could just unravel it all on a podcast? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yes. why? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, you're just gonna have to talk about your, uh, yeah, your trauma publicly. Well. Um, I think that I was I was bullied more. Uh, it was definitely uh, emotional bullying. I, I was a bigger kid. Like I was I, I was the, one of the tallest kids in my class. No one was coming and like shoving me around. I, I'm still such a pacifist. Like in, as an adult, I've never gotten to a fight, um, you know. And as a kid, only a little bit, but not by choice. I was like I was never wanted to like throw down. I was never an aggressive kid. 
So it wasn't like it wasn't like, but I was big enough that you know they didn't want to pick on me, so that was kind of nice. Uh, so, but it definitely was like emotional. I remember uh, one one story which kind of epitomizes things. I think I was in probably grade five, maybe grade six, maybe grade six, and this uh, this one bully in my class, him and his his best friend, um, they were uh, they were trying to get me to um, uh, eat those little rocks that they used to put in playgrounds. It was like little tiny stones they they used oh, to put no. on there. Oh no! And so they're like, you got to eat these. Yeah, you got to eat it, eat it, eat it. And they were like kind of chanting and forcing me, and they they were kind of like pushing me a little bit. You got to eat these rocks. Oh, and I was like, no, I don't want to eat these rocks. And they just weren't letting up. And no teachers were coming by. And my sister saw what was going on, who was two years younger than me. And she had like pointy, like those shiny pointy black kid shoes, you know, like the, the like, you know, kind of fancy shoes that like, like yeah. little girls might wear for a special occasion. And she came and she kicked one of them in the shin and he started bleeding. Uh, and so, Sweet. so I needed my little sister to come rescue me. And if you know anything about like bullies, that didn't make it better for me. Like that wasn't, that didn't solve anything, Bang, right? <laughs> so uh, I think it just intensified after that. They didn't, they, they, they changed tactics, but it was just, you know, just teasing and name calling and, um, uh, you know, and they kind of like, they were, you know, kids can be cruel. And, and I, and I realized now that they sort of like picked on, like I, I was, you know, there was a couple kids in class that, that I did have friends with, but they kind of teased us all. So, they, we wouldn't like stick up for each other. Like we were kind of a gang of kids, but they, they were able to like kind of put wedges between us so that when one person was getting picked on, everybody else left. And so then like everyone got their turn of kind of being bullied by this crew of like mm-hmm. the, some of the cool kids or whatever in elementary school. And so, yeah, so I, um, in that moment, I had a bunch of friends, but nobody wanted to intervene because they didn't want to get picked on. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. And I realized wow. now if I could go back and be like, as long as we stuck together, we would have been fine. Right. If we just would have been like, go away and just like didn't leave and that supported each other, it would have been okay. Mm -hmm. which was, you know, a lesson later on for now. I'm all about, you know, like a rising tide lifts all boats. Let's support each other, support, you know, compassion, kindness. These are all values that that I hold now, partially because of that. But uh, at the time, obviously, you know, didn't understand that when I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. In the research for this test, that seemed to be the most effective solution for bullying in schools was like creating a sense of community and like. Mm -hmm and not leaving people alone, you know, like someone, like intervening and helping and being a group like that. Aw, that's so nice to know. It's like, Uh, I wish I had improv back then. All the improv rules, right? Like, you know, take care of your partner, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, work together, uh, you know, uh, 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 find find the joy, like all of the, all of those Mm -hmm. things, those could have been very useful. You know, say yes. I guess like in the moment when someone is getting picked on and everybody leaves away, it's almost like an illness. It's like, if we stay, we'll all be sick. Like, yeah. we'll all get bullied. Like, it's like protecting yourself f- from, like, a sickness almost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand like the instincts. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, you're... And we have to do it sometimes. Sometimes you don't have the emotional bandwidth to do it, right? Even as an adult, you're like, I can't intervene right here. I don't have enough in me. But... I think that we have more than we think and even as kids too. Right. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it, honestly, it wasn't really even talked about. Like, you know, I was, I went to school in like the late eighties, early nineties. That's, that's the time frame, And people were just really starting to talk about bullying. Like it was just starting mm-hmm. to be a thing that people were looking at, but they didn't even know how to talk about it. Now it's so ubiquitous. You know, you've got pink shirt day. You've got, you know, people really like understand what it is and can identify it and have strategies, even at very young ages, like parents talk to their kids about it before they even go to school. Right. But now that was not the case. That was not the case at all. And then, you know, I had to figure out my own coping mechanisms um, and didn't never bring it home to my parents. I totally internalized it. I felt like I would be like mm-hmm. kind of be letting them down in some way. 
my dad was like really at the time he was kind of scary he's now such a lovely man and we're such good friends um and so supportive and kind but like back then he was just you know he's raising four kids and and he would get angry really fast and like so i just felt like if i told him he'd be mad at me you know which he wouldn't have but you know like he would have supported me but i was just kind of too i didn't want to say anything i thought somehow i caused it which i think is common when kids are getting bullied it's like oh i deserve this i caused this and mm. you know I, I would love to go back to young matt and be like you did not you're you're great and you're going to turn out just fine um you can stand up for yourself and also you can support your friends and, and standing up for your friends would be, that'll be the thing that actually solves this issue. <laughs> like, you know, like, like being, I have a lot of regrets about like moments when I could have been kinder as a kid or, or stepped in and helped someone who was getting bullied, you know, and I just, just didn't do it for what I didn't, I guess, have like the emotional intelligence or whatever at that age to like step in and it would have been so easy and I wish I had it's it, it it's always um, so it's so beautiful now I work with kids a lot I teach kids comedy and you know they do recognize this now and they call it out be like don't be a bully and like it's it's amazing when I watch some kid with confidence just like 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 there's positive leaders and negative leaders and bullies are negative leaders right and so they, they lead with with fear and they lead with like you know cruelty and 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 people that and then there's the other side people that lead with kindness and inclusion and some kids just have that and I love it when I see one of those kids if someone's kind of like teasing or, or misbehaving or picking on someone another kid just like steps in and says this kid's awesome go away and it's like it's like this like this the trumpets are going like i like it feels like like catharsis for like when i was a kid i'm like yeah things have changed you rock and like it's just it's this amazing thing to see when it is totally possible at any age but that comes with you know that comes from family life that comes from talking about it at school that comes from feeling loved and supported you know if you don't have all those pieces you're not going to get there even if it's somewhere inside you right it's not it's not one it's not just like some kids have it some kids don't i think it's like you need you really need yeah. true and honest support um to to be able to to be bold like that and to to show that like that kind of like revolutionary love that is like standing up to a bully you know i got pushed down a slide and i told my dad in grade two and he made me draw a very detailed diagram <laughs> of the incident and how hard he pushed me. <laughs> I've never heard this yeah. before. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like, what What was your dad, like, what was that going to accomplish? <laughs> He's like. Uh, my dad was, my dad was a judge, so I don't know if that was the mode he was in. <laughs> he was like, like he was going to take it. Crime that That's has... so funny. He's going to take it to school and be like, exhibit A, my son was, this yeah. is the playground. You'll see student X pushed my son at point 21 Y. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it's also maybe traumatizing. Sorry to laugh at your trauma. <laughs> but oh no, I, I'm okay. I think my, I think my dad was actually like the guy that I was most scared of than any bully. I was gonna say he's the bully. <laughs> also, my sister, uh, you know, was a couple years older, and she would beat me up all the time, like multiple head traumas. Jeez. And my stepdad would always say, like, to my sister, like, "Hey, you be careful. One day he's gonna be bigger than you." And now I'm an adult and I'm a foot taller than my sister, but I can't exactly like go. Yeah, you're not gonna her assault up, her. Right? Yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. The like, kids get away with it. That's not a good. <laughs> your yeah. dad should have been more like, please don't do that to your brother. Like that would have been a better tactic. I think <laughs> that would have been more helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stepdads, they're they're doing their best, but sometimes they fall short. I've yeah. I've had a few. <laughs> a few stepdads? Yeah, I've had three. Let's mine this trauma. <laughs> yeah. Three. Wow. Three. Yeah. Yeah. What are their names? Uh. 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 
Oh, was it just two actually? Hold on, just two stepdads. Yeah, my mom was married three times and, and one three times, but two two two, two official stepdads, stepdads, one biological dad. Yes, I do have a biological father. Yeah, yeah. What are your three dads' names? Uh, well, my <laughs> my dad's name is Werner, my biological dad, uh, and uh, then there were uh, Marty and Glenn. And honestly, they were Marty and Glenn both were were pretty kind, lovely dudes. I don't have much dirt on them to be honest. I was gonna say they sound like a sketch. Trip. Werner, Marty, and Glenn. <laughs> Werner and Marty mine, and Glenn. Mine are Joe and Gus. Joe and Gus. Those are your two stepdads? Yeah, and my mom had no, a previous... Oh, oh uh, biological father and stepfather. And my mom had a previous marriage before I was born to a man named Greg. Oh, uh, yeah, those, that's two... <laughs> and she had boyfriends. She had a boyfriend named Uri when I was a kid. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Dad Francis... <laughs> Almost stepdad Gregor. All right. And then a few boyfriends. And some boyfriends. And some change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to do it. I want to put my bullying knowledge to the test. I feel ready. Are we ready? Are okay. we, we going to do this? Are we going to do yeah. this? Okay. Yes, we're going to do this. Uh, these are the stakes for this bullying quiz. Another test. Matt, <laughs> another test. Matt and Spencer are going to battle in this one. I'm giving the test. Uh, if Matt wins, Spencer gets to give me a nogi. Yay. If Spencer wins, I get... I get <laughs> Oh, wait. wait, if, if Matt I... <laughs> if Matt wins, I give Spencer a noogie. If Spencer wins, she gives me a noogie. Oh, I thought we were gonna make Matt's partner give him a noogie. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. If Spencer wins, Matt's partner has to give him a noogie. If you consent to that. Yeah, I think that sounds fine. I don't know if she will, but I I don't know. We'll uh we'll we'll talk to her. I mean, you you know her. We'll it out. You know her, Spencer. You can float it. You can float to Aaron, and uh, we'll see <laughs> we'll see what she says. Well, I'm fine. I'm fine to noogie. Uh, or get noogie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay too. All right, great. Oh, this is this. Right. Yeah, this feels appropriate. And flashbacks. All right, go. So wait for that test, everybody. Right after this break. <laughs> And we're back for this noogie off questions about bullies. Here we go. Uh, so Matt and Spencer, please buzz in by saying your first names. Okay. My first name? Question number one. Okay. Yes. Or, or, an, or, or any name. Dad. Or Werner Marty Glenn. <laughs> okay. You buzz in by saying Werner Marty Glenn. Spencer, you buzz in by saying Gregor Francis. Gregor Francis. Okay. <laughs> True or false? Bully. The word bully was originally a term of endearment, meaning sweetheart, We're, coming from the Dutch word burla, meaning lover. Werner Marty Glenn. Werner uh, Marty, Matt. Uh, I forgot their true, names. True. <laughs> that is true. I knew it would be true. Yes, it, it originally good. was a nice word, meaning sweetheart. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> question number two. So that's a point for Matt. Okay. Bullying is a subcategory of aggressive behavior characterized by the following three criteria. One. Hostile intent. Two, imbalance of power. And what do you think the third one is? Hostile intent, imbalance of power, and one other three defines bullying. Uh, uh, Gregor Francis? Spencer. Bad home life. No, incorrect. Uh, so it's, it's, it's uh, hostile intent, um, uh, imbalance, imbalance of power. Imbalance of power. Uh, and... Um, <clears throat> The uh, the I would say it would be the infliction of physical or emotional harm. I was looking for repetition over a period ah, of time. Okay, all right, yes. all right, that's fair, that's fair. Although some people in the bullying scholarship are arguing it doesn't have to be repeated. One incident can be traumatic enough to constitute. Yeah, that's bullying. really my uh, camp. That's the camp that I really uh, ascribe to. So I feel yeah. like uh, okay. really that's why I, that's that's what I was kind of like really trying to promote that uh, in my answer, uh, Eli. Just so you know. 
Uh, was it, still was that bullying there? Was I doing bullying right there? I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah bully me a bit. No, there. I think that was sarcasm. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question three: In 2015, Japanese scientists had to teach Robo V2. So Robo V2 is a humanoid robot designed to assist the elderly with groceries. They had to teach this robot to avoid this group of people. What group of people did he have to be taught to avoid? This robot. Uh, Gregor Spe- Francis. <laughs> Spencer. Uh, I'm going to say uh, robbers. <laughs> Not robbers. <laughs> robbers. Oh, that's very funny. I like that. Uh, uh, what, what group of people? Um, uh, I, uh, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, children. Children yeah! is correct. Oh. <laughs> so over a nine-day period when they let this robot loose in a shopping mall, 28 kids... Uh, <laughs> decided to abuse it, throw things at it, punch it, kick it, knock it over. (laughs) And when these kids were interviewed, 35% of the kids who beat up the robot responded they did so for enjoyment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I thought it was going to be the other way, that, like, he bullied the kids. Like, he ended up, like, injuring 35 kids. But no. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that at first. No. (laughs) And if you want to look it up, there's some amazing footage of little Japanese children beating up a robot. (laughs) Oh, we shouldn't be laughing at those child bullies. Oh, those child bullies. But we are. <laughs> Question four. Can there be a positive side to teasing? Uh, Gregor, no, that's not me. Gregor Francis, that's Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, have, I have to say, I have to say yes, because I'm a huge proponent of this. I say this all the time. I think that when you're being teased by people that love you, it helps build emotional resilience. That's such a good two words, emotional resilience. That is correct. And it also can be a way to sort of give some bad news in a friendlier way or in to be instructive. Way? But teasing can turn yeah. bad, obviously, if Sour? it's done in a hostile way. But it's not always negative. Oh, thank goodness. So that's uh, three nothing. <laughs> I tease, I tease my Matt. nephew because no one else really does. I mean, my sister and her husband love him. You know what I mean? Like they love him and all that. And they're like really kind to him. Yeah, what? I know. So... Didn't he kill no, someone? He, he's a very nice boy. <laughs> he's a very nice boy. Anyways. Okay, wait. I really wanted to yeah, say, say it, one say thing it, say that it. I would eat. My answer would have been, without a doubt, a whole box of cereal because I love enjoying a box of cereal. And, all right, this is the day before I'm going to die. I want something I can munch on throughout. Oh, so You eat your food too fast with the fried chicken. Me? One bowl at a time, a whole box. Well, we of really cereal. went back. We just, I, wow, oh, yeah. I was, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm on it now. Yeah, I caught, up. I've caught up. I've caught up. So, do you guys get why? Because like a box of cereal, you can keep pouring. Yeah. You can take your time with it. It's, it's not gonna get too, like, it's not gonna turn cold or anything. Yeah. I like cereal. It gets mushy. I mean, with. It gets mushy. No, but I'm saying like uh, some milk. And a box of cereal, and throughout the evening, I keep pouring myself cereal. And who did you murder? Oh, you know. Oh, yeah, usually it's a lover. Usually it's a lover, yeah. Yeah, usually. Statistically, yes, that's correct. Okay, question five. And this is how I got caught. Oh, the podcast. Okay. They go I'm back so and they review footage. Oh, my God, am I an accomplice? I hate this. I hate this. All right. Oh, but, yeah. He was killed with a broken Japanese <laughs> How'd she do it? Question five. A 2020 World Health Organization report looking at bullying in 45 countries and regions in Europe and Canada found that 13-year-olds from this country 
were the most bullied. The most bullied? from this European uh, country. Uh, they were the most Werner, bullied. Werner uh, Glenn Marty. I mean, yes. I hate to pile on, but you know what? It's the time to pile on. I want to say Russia. It was Russia. Does that count as a European country? I don't know. I'm saying Russia. I'm saying Russia. Yes. Do you have a guess, Spencer? Uh, I don't have a guess. Okay, I have a hint. The capital is Vilnius. No, Germany? it is not Germany. Uh, <laughs> Vilnius. Oh wow. Uh, that's good. It's like um, Slovakia. No, not Slovakia. I have another hint. In this country, Easter eggs are not brought to children by the Easter Bunny. They're bought brought by Granny Veliku Bobute, who has a sunbeam whip to is urge it, her small pony forward. No, Kiev no. is the oh. capital of Ukraine, as as everyone should know right now. Um, oh. Lithuania. Oh, and Lithuania. It was, I knew it had to be Soviet. Listen, Russia, I was close. I was close. Yes. But yeah, Lithuania. All right. Pretty close. Lithuanian boys oh, get it the worst. Poor Lithuanian oh. boys. <laughs> and oh, actually, I have from the article, I have an example of oh, some of the bullying. This is going to make me and sad. This is, a stu- this, is a stu- this is a student bullying a teacher. A student bullying oh. a teacher. Teacher, are you as old as that wardrobe behind you? Lived through two wars? Ooh, I mean, that's very specific. <laughs> That was the bullying. <laughs> wow. Okay. I try to get ahead of that by telling kids I was born before the internet. So that's what that's what I try. I try to preempt the bullies uh, as a now teacher of children. Ooh, I've never been compared to a wardrobe. That's hard. You're telling the children all your yeah. It's true. I try to get ahead of it. Like you see the gray in my beard. I'm pretty old, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very immature, so you don't need to say it because it's true. Anyways, hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> Question six, another true or false. Oh, okay. And because we have a mouse problem in our apartment, this oh, is no. about mice. Okay, let me. True or false, a 2007 study showed that mice that suffered repeated social defeats were more anxious and experienced changes in brain Gr- chemistry. Gregor Francis, yes. yeah, true. Whoa. That is true, yes. So bullying can have long-lasting mental health effects in both humans and mice. Mm. But our mice are going to die, hopefully. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. you're you're gonna be doing so some psychological five... warfare on those mice. That's what you got to do. You just got to get other mice oh. to like to get in their heads. Like you have to train mice to become bullies, and then they'll bully the mice that are in your apartment. Uh. That's actually not. Or a you bad could get idea. a cat. When a you bug, could get a cat, and that would solve your problem. When... Oh, I'm allergic. Uh, I am too, allergic. but I push through it. Uh, <laughs> I have you a cat. Push through yeah. it. Yeah. Um. When a fly or a bug is bothering me, I'm rude to them. I'm like, nobody wants you here. Go away. So maybe we could try that towards the mice. It's worth it. I sort of make myself look really big and no, but we could be try like, to threaten them. You suck. It's worth a shot. <laughs> okay. It's, maybe it'll work. It is worth a shot, Eli. So That was your first point, Spencer. How <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> So I've got. <laughs> I know what I was gonna say. I've got two more questions. Hallelujah! I think that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> so bullying uh, is also seen in all primates. Okay, primates, which we are. Uh, this is from Scientific American. In most cases, the bullying-like behaviors experienced by male chimpanzees are temporary and relatively harmless. The most common form of intimidation involves a dominant male puffing himself up with all of his hair standing on end and walking toward or by another male. This is usually enough to compel the subordinate or lower-ranking male to pant grunt, a short uh, uh, uh vocalization, which is repeated several times and serves to recognize the dominance of another chimpanzee. And then that submissive chimpanzee dons a fear grimace and put their hand out in a palm-up begging gesture. What was the question? 
Well, <laughs> so, touche, <laughs> <is>, touche, Eli. <laughs> this, this, this is what it sounds like. This is what the submissive grunting sounds okay. like. Okay, that's the uh -huh. pant grunt. Yeah. Okay, everybody? So, for one point, <laughs> you can use that as inspiration or you can use human words. I want you each to show me your most submissive gesture. Submissive this gesture? Is, this or is sound made, to made me for podcasting, to get a point. This one. <laughs> well, you can make a sound. Okay. You can make a sound, like okay. the pant grunt. Submissive okay. sound? Yeah, I'm dominant over you. Okay, I'm thinking, okay, I got I'm one. thinking. George Costanza? Pretty good, pretty good. Can you beat that, Spencer? Um, okay, so I'm scared. You're just showing me you're submissive to me. Submissive. Yes, King. <laughs> I think that's a point oh, for Matt. Okay. Ooh, yeah, all right. And, and now a final question. The most dominant display gets a point. So now show oh. me your dominance. Shut the beep up and listen up. They call me the beep, 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 tune. My two-tone body will make you swoon. Okay, very dominant, Matt. That's an inside joke. <laughs> do, Matt, do you have a dominance? I'll pass. Oh, oh. We didn't even have to participate. Well, that caps off a very dominant performance as Matt has won six to one. Oh, what a pleasure. <laughs> and Spencer. Oh. And I get to give you a noogie, Spencer. Yes. <laughs> okay, so listen, it's not a punishment. Mess my hand. If it's uh, welcome. Oh, oh, here it goes. Okay, the hand is going up. The hat is off. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll commentate this. All right. The hand's going up. we got some knuckles oh. going on. Uh, hand, oh, he's blowing on his knuckles. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's getting in. Oh, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's really getting in there. Oh, it was very quick. It looked like she was a good puppy. Good puppy. Another one. It's just one. <laughs> oh, you start to feel some friction, yeah. Matt. Some heat. Well, you're taking your punishment live on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> Yay. Good job, Matt. Oh. Congratulations. Thank you for being our guest. Oh. Thank you for sharing so much. Thanks oh. for quizzing us. Thank I you. appreciate it. And I am serious. We're going to we're going to do this uh, cross promo with uh, with Bites and Bits. We're going to we're going to see what happens with the bitter melon. Uh, I love it. I think the sonar, you know, we're, we're part of the sonar family here, so I think that the sonar Papa Sonar will approve. Papa and Mama Sonar will uh will will make this happen. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll check back in cuz this was such a blast. It was so much fun to hang out with you guys. Yeah. Any suggestions on bitter melon cooking? Where to buy like it? What, what I sh yeah, where to buy? You what can I get it at like any Asian grocery store. So you know, uh, you'll okay. you'll be able to find it. Um, uh, yeah, just Google it. You'll probably it's pretty recognizable. It looks pretty unappetizing. And apparently, what you <laughs> want to do is you want to really thin slice it and fry it really hot uh, with like uh, with some some spices on it. It's gonna be hard. Okay, Spencer cannot slice. Yeah. So, anyways, it's gonna be yeah. That's what I'm gonna try to do with it as well. I'm gonna try to thin slice. I'll probably end up like I might even try deep frying it personally, um, because deep frying everything makes it better. But yeah, that's what I'm gonna try to do uh, to to thin slice it. And yeah, putting it in a stir fry apparently is uh is is kind of a technique that's used. But um, I will do I will definitely do some research before I uh, I attempt it. But yeah, I can't wait. We'll have to get in touch soon and figure this out. 
It is like this is like yeah, this is like my my holy grail. And I'm like an excellent home cook. So this is really a huge challenge. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I am so sorry for both of you for having to try this thing. (laughs) 